Welcome to the New Hope Christian Fellowship Podcast. Today's message is entitled, A Father Message, where we will look at the parable Jesus told in Luke 15 and about the prodigal son and how we can be reconciled with our Heavenly Father. Now here's Pastor Todd Tackett. When God ran, aren't you thankful that we can do all types of improvisation to tell a story? If you would, please turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. We'll be reading verses 11 through 32. Luke 15, 11 through 32. The story of the parable son, or the prodigal son, not the parable son, the prodigal son. I have got to get my bearings together after that. It's hard enough to sing in front of somebody, but to sign and remember what you're signing. I love that because it makes you think about a story about our Father who never leaves us nor forsakes us, but lifts us up and encourages us and helps us. And His grace is all sufficient for each and every one of us. Luke chapter 15. How many would say that there was a time in your life when you didn't make God a priority? You left Him, stepped away from His fellowship, came to a place where you realized that you needed God and ran back to Him just to realize that God never left you. He was there all the time. Matter of fact, in your lowliest time of your life, He saw you, He came running to you, and He embraced you. He lifted you up. Today I'm going to be focusing on the superabundance of God's supply. Let's read together in Luke chapter 15. And you kind of heard it paraphrased in, in our English text, and I appreciate what Pastor Chris and Ron had to narrate and how they expressed just what God the Father is trying to portray in the book of Luke. And I think he did a great job of explaining in our life when we run away that he's always there to encourage us to lift us up. Luke chapter 15 verse 11, and he said a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father... Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. He divided unto them his livelihood. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance or his possessions as he turned his assets into cash. Because he needed the money. When he had spent all, verse 14, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain, that word fain would be, he would gladly have filled his belly with the husks, or the pods from the husks, that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Verse 17, when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy 
to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But he went, when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, underline that, and had compassion. You can circle that. And he ran. You can also circle that. And fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. He'll circle us as well. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they, and you can circle that, wasn't just one, it wasn't uh, singular, but it's plural, began to be merry. Verse 32 says, It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. So it was right that they should make merry. Father, thank you so much for your word. May you encourage us today. Father, we thank you for this great story where you continue to show your love and knowing that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And that, Father, that uh, your grace is all sufficient and that you care for us. And so, Father, today I'm thankful for your word and I just pray that you'll allow me to speak with clarity and, Lord, be able to communicate to each person here the valuable lesson we can learn from you as a father. In your name we pray. Amen. I want you to notice, and as we continue to move forward, I don't know where your relationship is, father, son, son, father. But putting all that earthly stuff aside, what I really want you to focus on today is your relationship with your heavenly father. And in this story, we see that, and, and you've seen it throughout the whole service today. As the kids were talking about just how glorious our God is. And how the men narrated and, and spoke of, you know, just that relationship between a father and a child. And I know for me, I do not have any sons. I have four daughters. So uh, until I have grandsons, I will never be able to say sons. But he knew that relationship. The, the story plot is this, that the second born did not have the rightful heir to all the riches, but he became, became greedy and said, listen. I want all or nothing, Dad. I know you're not past, but I want what is my brother's. And so what did he do? He took it and he ran. And he had a party. I remember this. It reminds me of a story um, of a young man. His dad said to him, he's like, all right, son, I'm going to go ahead and give you your college tuition. It's time to be responsible. And I haven't met very many 18-year-old responsible teenagers. I'm just telling you. And so for somebody to say, son, here is $20,000, and I want you to pay your tuition. I want you to pay for your books. You're going to pay for all your lodging, and here's the money. What do you think that 18-year-old did? Wow! I have never seen a check this big in my life. And then here's what he did. Woo! It's a party. Within two months, it was gone. But he didn't spend it 
on his college tuition. He said, well, I know I need housing, so I'll take a little bit of this money and I'll throw some towards my housing. And, but other than that, I think it would be great. You know, I'm going to be in the dorm. I'm going to buy everybody in the whole floor. This is a true story. I'm going to buy everybody on the whole floor pizza. We're going to have a party like they've never experienced before. And so he bought everybody on that floor in that dorm pizza and pop, and they just had a great time. But what happens when the bill comes in? Who's paying it? He is. What a quick lesson he learned right away when he found out, you know what? I'm broke. I have no money. What am I going to do? So here's what ended up happening. He had to work his way through college when his dad said, here you go, son. It's yours. Show me that you can be responsible. And I can just see our father. He does the same thing to us. He gives us the ability. He gives us the opportunities. He gives us jobs that says, there you go. Here's a great wage. Here's a great income. And what do we do? We go ahead and we just blow it. And when it's all gone, where the bills come in, and we stop and say, but God, what have I done? I have no money for the electric bill and the gas and the water bill. And let me tell you something. They don't care because now you're sitting in the dark and you're not taking a bath. Reality is God wants all of us to be responsible. And here was this young man. And he says, let me just have a dad. I can't wait. You know, life is so good. It's so much fun. And I just want to party with my friends and I want to have a good time. And come on, can't you just trust me? What I want to show you in a Jewish family is this story is depicted. Just what the father does, and could you kick on that air for me, please? Just what the father does in regard to his love for his son. If you would, take your Bible and just let's focus on a couple verses today. We start off where he welcomes him with grace. And you saw it depicted through the song. That song's called When God Ran. You saw Pastor Chris and Ron talk about he was sitting on the porch. He came home. That was the welcome of grace. And it says here, and he arose and came to his father. When he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran towards him. God's grace is all sufficient. It says, for by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's a gift of God. So if we see this whole story that God the Father came, sent His Son Jesus Christ, He died for us, and His grace is all sufficient. <clears throat> we realize that right there in this story, He welcomes Him. There's always room for grace. Amen? There's always room for forgiveness. For reconciliation. And so then we notice it says, and he kissed him. That was the kiss of reconciliation. How many of you have been running? You've been living a life of sin. You've been living a life of iniquity. You've been living a life that has not pleased your father. That's not honoring God. And you've been crying out and saying, God, all I want is to be reconciled back to you. All I want is to have a relationship with you. So God's, God's always there. He's welcoming you. His grace is all sufficient. 
And he wants to reconcile you and him together. He wants to have a relationship with you. But you've been running and running and running. But hold on just a minute. God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Shall supply all your needs. That's what he wanted to do for his son. He wanted to supply all of his needs according to his riches and glory. But he became selfish. Everything was about himself. But when you look at it, it said there, but he kissed him. So there was that kiss of reconciliation. And in the Far East, when you kiss another man, did you hear what I said? In the Far East, when you kiss another man, that's saying that you're reconciling those differences between one another. And so it's not as normal. If you've ever been with a Nepali fellowship, it's not as normal for them to be physical or to touch or whatever. But what's bizarre and neat about it as well is they have close relationships with other men and their brothers. And so when you look at this story, I have to think, wow, just right then, just what he must have felt when he was reconciled back to his father. And then we continue to see, And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to him, Bring forth the best robe. That's the robe of righteousness. That's where God said to him, you know what? We're going to put on the best clothes. You smell like pig poop. It's nasty. I mean, look at the picture. But he says, I'm going to welcome you in, clean yourself up, and now we're going to take something that stinks, and now we're going to put on the robe of righteousness. What I see also there is the robe of righteousness is always reserved for the guest of honor. So here he came back. They clothed him. They put a robe on him. And they blessed his life. So he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not just going to go ahead and get you just some old stuff. I'm going to bless you with righteousness. Aren't you glad that in our iniquity, in our sin, that we can always run back to him and he's always ready and willing to put on the robe of righteousness and to forgive us? Like 1 John 1, 9 says, if we shall confess our sins, he's faithful, yet he's just to forgive us and then cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we see in the story that God the Father wants to put on the robe of righteousness and forgive you of all the junk in your life. I think sin stinks. And you can, you can certainly see it in a person's life when they start to sin. It's evident. You can see it clearly. Because the opposite of righteousness is unrighteousness. So we continue to read there. And it says that he invited him in. He said, bring forth the best robe in verse 22, put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. The ring was actually a sign of authority. 
was a sign of also ownership, stating to his son that, listen, you know what? This is going to be a symbol that you're reinstated into my family. What I love, if it wasn't for the cross, would be we be reinstated into his family. He went to the cross. He took the punishment and the penalty of sin for you and me so that we would be reinstated back into his family. God wants to reinstate every single one of us to have a deeper relationship with him. 1 John chapter 3 Verse 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. What that means that we should be called the children of God. Therefore the world knoweth it's not because they did not know Him. But He knew His Son. And He said, Today I'm going to reinstate you back into my family. I know I can get up here and preach messages and you know, being a father and I have done that. And encouraged you men to be godly men. But look at the simple principles that we can learn just from the Father through how He treated His Son. If you're a Christian, men today, are you you really doing a little bit of a self-reflection? Are you examining your heart and are you asking yourself, have I shown compassion, love, forgiveness, reconciliation to my children? Have I worked hard to make sure that I'm teaching my kids the ways of God? Well, we move forward. And he said in 23, And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. I'm going to back up just for a minute because I wanted to notice here. I noticed I forgot shoes of service. After he was reconciled, he said, I'm going to put shoes on you so that you walk in the ways of Christ. And after he did that, he said, bring the best calf we have. See, this just wasn't just a a dinner meal. This was a celebration of reconciliation. And here's what he said. Son, you and I are not just going to sit here together. I'm joining everyone together. All of us are going to celebrate. All of us are going to have a great time. And isn't it interesting in so many families, they pick and choose who's going to be a part of something. They pick and choose who's going to sit at the dinner table. They pick and choose who they're going to invite over, when they're going to invite them over. But here's what he said, and that's why I had you circle it. He said us. He meant everybody. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they, they began to be merry. And we see there that there was the blessedness of fellowship. They got together. They fellowshiped with one another. Oh, but there's always one in the crowd. Because Satan is a hater and a hater he'll stay until the Lord comes back and raptures us someday. Watch this. Verse 25, and then we'll be concluding. It says, Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to his house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. 
He was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. His father came and greeted him and begged for him to come in. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee? Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid. And the kid actually means the goat or a young goat. That I might make merry with my friends, that as soon as thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. He, here's what he said. I didn't take it away from you. Listen to me. All I'm trying to do is to reconcile your brother back to me. But guess what always takes place? Self-centeredness. I want what he has. Really? He's going to drive the Mercedes-Benz? He gets the house? He gets everything? Are you kidding me? And I love, he lost perspective and he lost his focus because here's exactly what God was saying. Son, all of this is yours. I never said I was going to give him all of this. He said, all of this is thine. He said, but what I'm trying to do is reconcile your brother back to me. What a pondering thought for today. As many of us have thought that God has forsaken us, that He's given up on us. That He's forgotten who we are. But he loved, I love what he says here. He said, there was blessedness of fellowship. Let's conclude. I want to read in 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Sometimes we're so busy looking on the outward that it's very difficult for us to see the inward man. Sometimes we can't really see what's going on in and around people's lives because we're so caught up with the drama of life that we can't see the bigger picture. 1 John chapter 1 says this, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested for the life was revealed and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you the eternal life which was with the father and was manifested unto us that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship was with the father and with the son jesus christ and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full that your joy may be full And then he continues in verse 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Here's what's taken place. 
That prodigal son was walking in darkness. He lost fellowship with the father. But this is the glorious picture. He runs back to his father. The father runs back to him. They're reconciled. They're reinstated. They start having fellowship. And then, guess what happens? The light continues to shine through him. Listen, church, closely. You will never have a relationship with God until you face what's going on in your life. If you're in sin, if you're living a life of iniquity, you'll never be delivered until you come to the Father and say to Him, I have sinned against you. He says He wants to cleanse you. He wants to free you. He wants to deliver you. And He wants to have fellowship with you. Isn't living a Christian life awesome? I want to say to my Heavenly Father, Happy Father's Day. And I'm grateful that He hasn't forgotten. That He hasn't forsaken me. That His grace is all sufficient. The younger son, who are like many, rebellious and immature, wanted to be free to live as he pleased, and he had to hit rock bottom before he came to his senses. And it often takes great sorrow and sadness, great tragedy, to cause people to look to the only one who can help them. Are you trying to live your life your own way? Selfishly pushing aside any responsibility or commitment that gets in your way. Stop and look before you hit rock bottom. You will save yourself and your family much grief. I want to read this poem as we close. Does the lamp still burn in my father's house, which he kindled the night I went away? I turned once beneath the cedar bows and marked it gleam with a golden ray. Did he think to light me home someday? Hungry here with crunching swine, hungry harvest have I to reap. In a dream I count my father's kind. I hear the tinkling bells of his sheep. I watch his lambs that browse and leap. There is plenty of bread at home. His servants have bread enough and to spare. The purple wine fat froths with foam. Oil and spices make sweet their air while I perish hungry and bare. Rich and blessed those servants rather Then I who see not my father's face, I will arise and go to my father. Fallen from sonship, beggared of grace, grant me, Father, a servant's place. I mean this with all sincerity, but some of you have heard me make this this joke or comment. I know that when I waver, I... Just say this. It doesn't matter. As John 14 says, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Go to prepare a place for you. And he's preparing a place and a mansion for each and every one of us. There's a reward waiting for all of us. But all I want to be is a servant in the kingdom of God. And some of you have heard me say, it doesn't matter what I get in my house. I don't need a gold toilet, a gold sink. If I could just kneel at Jesus' feet. I hope all of you can look at today and say, have I mirrored the image of God?
And if you're not a father, maybe you're just a husband. Maybe you're courting and you're engaged. But when you're alone and nobody can see what you're doing, do they truly know who you are? Because God does. Who are you, church? And what kind of father are you? Make a difference. Love one another. Forgive one another. Let's all stand as we pray. Father, we come to you today kneeling at the foot of the cross, realizing that some of us have run from you and we've lost our focus, we've lost our vision. But Father, we're grateful that we can come running back to you as you embrace us. Lord, we realize that even in this story is a great picture of a life of a sinner where we've run from you and we've not been the kind of Christian we should be, but Lord, that you'll bring us back and you'll reconcile us and reinstate us back in the family and in the fellowship that we need to have with one another. Father God, we are grateful that today we can honor you. For you are the ultimate example. And if there's somebody here that's been running from you, Father, would you prick upon their heart and in their life today, Lord, to come running back to you. Putting aside their flesh, what we as pastors have done, how we've disappointed, how we as the church has disappointed, but Lord, realizing that you'll always love us. And there isn't disappointment in the fellowship that we have with you. For Father, we're covered under the blood. So Father, we pray that today, for those that are running, restore them. Help us to be men of God. Help us to be women of God. We ask all this in your name. Amen.